Welcome to episode 35 of Q the Duck Boats podcast, recording here on a beautiful Monday, well, kind of gloomy Monday morning, but it's Labor Day. None of us are working, so got to be happy about that, right? How are you guys feeling uh, today? Speak for yourself. I have to work this afternoon. Boo. The ghetto. The government, man. It's the government. Connor's off, at least. I'm glad to hear that. Kevin, give us a number 35 in the NHL. Bro, put me on a spot like this. I passed one of the best, career. one of the one of the best goalies of all time, Tony, Tony Esposito. Oh, yeah, it's all right, Kev. Kevin. Kevin's not a big NHL history guy, and that's fine. He's, I mean, Kevin really self-explanedly is kind of a new hockey fan in a way. I mean, he's been really following hockey probably what the last five years. He really got deeper into hockey deep into it yeah yeah and then in the last two even further so i don't expect you to have all the history down like that so that's completely fine um how was your guys long weekend or connor how was your long weekend and then we'll ask kevin how his weekend was so he doesn't get all sad again oh man i mean so far so good every weekend uh with a, a little extra r and r is always great and unfortunately my son's sick this weekend so that puts a little damper on things but powering through Last day of the, the staycation, I guess. You give him a little vitamin C or anything? What do you, you shoot him up with some vitamin C? Uh, just a little kid's cough and cold medicine, a little... Uh, Robitussin? A little Robitussin? Put him to sleep? What'd you hit him with, NyQuil? He's, he's been a bump on a log. He's been just chilling, watching a show, falling asleep, wake up, fall back asleep. Sounds like Although, he's it kind of feels like... We don't have kids all of a sudden. My daughter's yeah. been kind of buzzing off this weekend, and he's been sick and hasn't been wanting to be rowdy. It's kind of you're getting old. You're getting old. Your kids are growing up. Kev, how was it's your weird. weekend? It was good. I actually took last Wednesday, Thursday off, so I had a nice four day weekend. Um, you did a long weekend. Yeah, just before everyone else. So good. it was good. Well, Got I mean, I bumps and scrapes, but we're good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually, <laughs> I. I think topics are a little light this week for just around the NHL, but things are going to start really heating up soon. Like to me, it feels like this is the calm before the storm because before we know it, training camps are going to be open. The rookie prospect challenge is start what in the next two weeks. Yeah. And then we're going to have camps open up and then we have preseason by the end of September. So like we're hockey is ready to in roaring. Like we're going to have NHL hockey soon, um, which I'm just super excited about overall. And that's even like just jumping in. We'll get right into the Bruins first, I think. There's really not much going on, but we do have a couple pretty good topics. So with that being said, let's jump into that dirty water. As I said, I mean, I think both of these, like the the news and noteworthy things around the Bruins have been kind of nothing burgers in the last week. But we have two. We'll start in. Subban and Yandel, we're hearing that the Bruins have at least entertained the idea of signing one or both of them to PTO. Let's start with Yandel, and we'll start with Kevin. I know you've written about this already. Um, how do you feel about Keith Yandel and the Boston Bruins? I mean, yeah, so um, it's a little tough. Like, Yandel, he's 36. A lot of people don't see him having that drive anymore. And 
he's a guy. It's like, but really, he's a plug. He'd come in after December when McAvoy and everyone's back. He wouldn't be in the lineup. He'd be a guy that helps you get through these first couple months of the uh, season. I think he's a good locker room guy. Great locker room guy. Great veteran to bring in, especially if it's on a PTO. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt if it's a PTO. Bring him in, see what he still has, see what he can offer the team. And, like, he's a guy that can accept the role of he's not playing every night, but he can be a plug. Put him in. A guy needs a rest. Put him in without having to worry about you having, like, some inexperienced guy in there and costing you games. So, I like the Yandel if you bring him in cheap. Before we go to Connor, so, like, normally you, you need to say, like, he's a plug-and-play guy. Because just calling him a plug in hockey, it's, it's that's actually a you know it, that means you suck. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be. It's okay. I mean, I think that shoe still fits. Yeah, Keith Yandel. I mean, yeah, I I agree. But you go. Yeah, he's he's not the greatest anymore. So um, I think it was Boston Hockey Now who made the article about the Bruins potentially signing these two to a PTO. And I think everybody kind of forgot what the situation really is. You know, you're not signing Keith Yandel to be in your top four defensive pairing. But yeah, he you're wasn't not, in the Flyers top six by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, you're just not. Everybody hears Keith Yandel and they think, oh, you know, we're going to sign him to be a stud defenseman. No, that's not what he's looking for anymore. That's not what Subban's really looking at anymore either. Um, one thing that I think a lot of people are really kind of discounting here is he's freaking from the Boston area. I mean, that gives you a 40% chance to sign with Don Sweeney, no matter what. Um, but I think it's, it's pretty obvious that PK Subban is probably the better choice there. Definitely. Um, it, it sounds like both of these players are going to end up on a pretty cheap, you know, quote unquote veteran contract this year and potentially, you know, make that run for a cup. Neither of these players are going to go sign a big money ticket with, you know, a Buffalo or Detroit or Arizona and then hope to get moved at the deadline. I just don't see that happening. No, no, I, I, I don't think either of them are doing that at all. They're both going to – either one of them will have a PTO with a team that's probably they think is a contender. They can go help. Subban, I do think – if Subban signed a PTO or signed a contract with the Bruins, I do think Subban plays. I think Subban could be in our top six, and he could be an asset on the team. Um, and there's this this honestly like negative aura about Subban around ignorant Bruins fans who don't realize that Subban is actually a great guy. Like, Subban's a great locker room guy. He would be accepted in that locker room in a heartbeat. He's not a guy that's hated, like I think everyone thinks he is. I think it's just whether it's the just ignorant racism that is Boston that, like, you see on Facebook where people are like, we don't want this guy. It's like, fuck you. Like, he, he would be good for the Boston Bruins. I, I really think that. Like, it, I would be happy if they signed Subban. Yandel, I've always been a Keith Yandel fan. I, I always have been. Do I think Keith Yandel could be our seventh, eighth defenseman and be good in the locker room? Yeah. But do we want Keith Yandel rolled out every night? No. And I, I don't know that Keith Yandel wants to be rolled out any night e either anymore, like every night either. I, I think that Keith, from the amount of interviews I've heard with him, is a pretty self-aware guy. So, And I think he is someone who knows the role that he would be coming in on Boston, and he would fit it well. 
So I think either one of them would be an asset to the organization. And I don't know how much that is on the ice or it is in the locker room. But, you know, you look at the, the Bruins team that won the Stanley Cup in 2011. There was guys who were through there. Like, think about a guy like Shane Knighty. Didn't play a lot. But he is someone that every single guy in that team has a story about because he was such a good locker room guy. Those guys are needed. And it's not like this Bruins team is lacking veteran leadership. But I think there's been enough turnover in the last two and a half years that more guys to help bring this group together under a new coaching staff, under some future uncertainty, is not going to hurt. That's just my opinion on it. It's like I don't I don't necessarily think we need either of them to get out there and play our best hockey. But I don't think either hamper the team's ability to, to win. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, and for me, the the only reason that I'll say that this doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense is even with Grizzlick and McAvoy out, you know, you've got Forbert, Clifton, Riley, um, Zaboral, who you're expecting to be healthy again this year. Like, well, I was already penciling him. Yeah, in. obviously. Yeah. yeah. The, the plug and play plugs, if you will. Lindholm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. Like the Bruins have, like, if, do you already have four guys that are going to be fighting for those last two spots when the team's healthy? And that's just a fact. Yeah. The crickets. So, I can hear the crickets and it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. They're loud. I, I don't know what Midwest their problem boy. is, but every, every time we record, they want to be chirping in our ears. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only reason that this doesn't make sense is kind of the overwhelming amount of depth that the Bruins have. But I mean, if you take them on a PTO and then you sign them to seven hundred and fifty thousand, some point in the year, I mean, one year seven hundred fifty thousand, you could do a lot worse than that. You could also waive them. True. Like it's just like yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it would hurt the team. I guess that's right. Really, well, again, a, it's still like a nothing burger of information. Like if they, it's probably not even going to happen. On a thirty-five plus contract, there's there's no, no oh yeah, no, it's right. no you're movement right. clause. You're right. So. You're right. Right. I don't know if Subban applies. I believe he's over 35. I don't, I I don't recall off the top of my head, but yeah, 100%. I could definitely see some other players being waived in its stead, but that's kind no, of counterproductive. Subban's 33. Okay, so he wouldn't apply. You'd be able to do it to him. Yeah, he's not as old as everyone thinks Subban is. He's really like, I think Subban still has game left in him. He, I mean, he was, he, he played. He, he still played 77 games last year. Like he wasn't he wasn't sat. He had 22 points. He's not I feel like Suban is <clears throat> a result of his own stupidity with his contract. So, he wanted to, you know, sign a big ticket when he had a big year in Montreal. They gave him a bridge deal and he outperformed his bridge deal and they had to sign him to the huge ticket. And then shortly thereafter, decided to trade him in the uh, the Shea Weber trade. Yeah. Then, of course, that didn't work out on the back end for the Predators, so they moved him again because of his contract, and then he ends up in a place that's rebuilding and kind <coughs> of, you know, a dumpster fire when it's he got hard. there. Yeah, so, like, if you're looking at, like, the way you're seen in the public perception, then sure. But, I mean, like, if someone was offering us $9 million to go play hockey and we knew we weren't quite worth that, we're still taking it. Right, but you're well, right. Yeah, I mean, I if mean, he's on a team from the deal, he probably still it's a plays completely different story. Yeah, he doesn't go to he doesn't go to the Devils. But again, 
hindsight's twenty twenty. Let's jump to the next topic. And this one's even less. I mean, Connor didn't even want this on the sheet. The Bruins gave some jersey numbers, some not training camp plug jersey numbers to some some of our rookies. Um, Beecher got number 19, and Lysel got number 21. That does mean, it unequivocally, unequivocally does mean the Bruins see these guys as players on their roster. Does not mean it's this year. It's that simple. They gave these guys NHL numbers because they think one day they'll be NHL players, and they think one day they'll be NHL impact players because they gave them numbers that other guys coming in might want. At the same time, it means really stupid about all of that. Yeah, this could turn out exactly like the Anaheim Ducks, where their star rookie players change their number after a season. Yeah, no, those that's what they were doing though. I think like they wanted nineteen and twenty one. Those are those are NHL. No, they didn't. What do you mean? You know the reason why they took those numbers, right? It was because their, their numbers year. were taken. No. Yeah, I, yeah were, I know it was their draft year. but They went with their draft year. Yeah, because no, I saw number still, 11. Those are still good NHL numbers, man. Oh, I know. But I'm that's saying, like, my cell's like, number 11. Yeah. I, 17. Yeah, Felino well, and Frederick have those numbers. Yeah, yeah no. they're not getting them. They're not going to – I don't think we see I these guys eventually. change time. Well, Felino's in the last year of his deal, so yeah, Beecher could go to seventeen. Nineteen's a, a good number. Like nineteen's not a number you want to like get away from, and neither's twenty. Oh, I like nineteen. I think it, it didn't work out for the last number nineteen, now did it? The last significant nineteen. No. Who? Hmm. He was a center. Hmm. Yeah, could have been. Well, we're actually going to talk about him a little later in the pod, so we'll wait for that. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we talk. I mean, Zegers did change his number to what? What Zegers go to? Do we remember it was a nine? It went to Zegers a lower to? number. I know Drysdale went to six. Zegers went to 11. Yeah, I was going to say nine or 11, somewhere yeah, in something. there. He went from um, 46. And I love how I heard so many podcasts talk about like 46 is like a shitty training camp number and they couldn't come up with any famous 46s that ever played. David I was Krejci. like, how about David Krejci? Like in my head, I was just you know just yelling at the wall like David Krejci. Let's jump into some more around the league news. We're going to get into the East and our Salt of the East segment. We um, have a brand new video here for you guys, so hope you like it. Our new segue in. Not much going on in the East, really, still. We have James Neal signed a PTO with Columbus. Connor, you at that you definitely added this because when you text us about it, I don't even think I answered. I was like, I don't think there's something I could care about less. But it's James Neal, maybe he's going to be on the fourth line of the Blue Jackets. I guess is what you're telling oh, us. He's going to be way higher in the lineup in the fourth line. He he team. does though. He's I mean he just he's a guy he can who score. I think, yeah, he, he just can can't score. play defense. That's yeah, all. He, he could be on their third line and just shoot the puck in the net of the power play. But I don't know if that's even going to happen. Does he? Can he still skate? Absolutely. He did play with uh, St. Louis last year with, in a couple games before going into the AHL, where I think he put up 30-ish points in the AHL after he went down. I'll fact check you. We, I mean, Kev, do you have anything on James Neal or no? You don't have to if you don't. I mean, I, I thought it was an absolutely useless topic, but I just want to respect Connor's wishes. You I know, mean, I'll if we were this. talking he about jersey numbers. Games. He played 19 games. I agree. He played 19 games in St. Louis at four points. He had 26 points in 28 games for the Springfield Thunderbirds. So he's an AHL player. That's all right. Maybe he'll go be good on Columbus. They're pretty much an AHL oh, team. He should, he should come game. to Boston then. 
Jesus Christ. Everybody come to Boston. Everyone should You're old and want a $750,000 no, contract. I player joke, guys. Come down. Oh, okay. It didn't make sense. All right. Trigger warning. Tage Thompson, seven years, $50 million. Trigger Tage warning. Tage Thompson got paid. Paid. Connor, how do you feel about this contract? This is a terrible contract. Ooh. Terrible. So Tage Thompson hasn't looked good, period. No. Since the Ryan O'Reilly trade up until this last year, oh, in okay, my opinion. Okay. I'll say he had a decent year. <laughs> he literally has looked like a baby elephant on skates. He's a massive human being. And this last year, he finally put it together for some points. Dude, I'm looking at his stats right now, and I'm dumbfounded. So this, year, ahead, this year, so this year, he had 38 goals, 30 assists for 68 points. I get that. A year before, oh my god, he has never scored ten goals before. Yes, Th- this is this is the problem. Jeff Skinner two point in this Buffalo. This is the problem. This is the problem. Yes, did he deserve a raise? Yes, a bridge deal raise. Prove it for two years. What if it wasn't real? What if he isn't that guy? And I get it. You can't just suck and score thirty eight goals. But God damn it, we saw William Carlson not be able to do it. We saw Jeff Skinner not be able to keep doing it. Some guys, it's just – we'll see. When teams we... start respecting Buffalo and playing them a little different, we'll see. Yeah, and I don't know. Six, seven. Dude, so – I know. He's lanky. One of... He's six, seven, 218, dude. That's like being 5'8", <laughs> 135. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like, dude, what? Two fit, 218 at 6'7 is, is not – that's that's skinny. it's not it's not a you know a big war horse there by any means he's not a chonky boy that's for that's sure. almost like chris sale level yes that's what he, he ha- that's what he looks like on the ice he looks like a pitcher <laughs> so let's let's actually talk about this dude's contract here for a bit so no harm no foul on tage thompson get in the bag like if somebody oh, well, great for threw him. that kind of money in front of me because i magically got 68 points in an NHL season, absolutely I would have taken that money. So I've heard a lot of discourse in a lot of different areas that the general consensus in the NHL between like players, player management, and then staffing, you know, on the side of the teams is that every 10 points that you produce is worth roughly a million dollars in today's NHL contract. So 68 points in a season works out to close to $7 million a season. But you're actually right. Like as much as I want to tell you you're wrong, if you really think about it. Yeah. If you look at all the contracts. I would say say it's wrong between 10 to 25. Once you get to like 30 points and above, it's, it's right on. Would you agree with that? Yes. Like I and think then, 10 to 25 is still disposable. But once you get to 30 and up, I think you're pretty right. It's like three, four, five. So that's kind of where um, – and we're going to talk about this later um, from the stars owner. But that's where you see like the superstars in the top echelon, You know, they're getting paid, paid. They're getting all of the money. The middle guys are typically the ones kind of getting squeezed in your bottom of the barrel or making the same amount of money. Tage Thompson – 
arguably should be in the middle guys getting squeezed on a two year five million five million dollar deal contract. He's and not a bad player. Like I, I do no, want to no, say no, that no. he's not a bad player. But it's just too much. He's not a great player either. He hasn't proved that he can be a great player. And that's kind of like the the new culture in the NHL with driving it started with Jack Hughes. It's it's driving the marketing towards these younger players, making them, you know, the people in the franchise. This was kind of inevitable to happen that they're going to be paid more. But dear Lord, they're looking at them more as like a positive equity business asset than they are players in some regard. When you're saying that, like it's like Zegras, right? The NHL is just knee deep in Trevor Zegras. And he's going to make so much money off endorsements and stuff. And I think Zegers is a hell of a player, and he will back it up. I really do. What's you know crazy? But he hasn't yet. If if you go back and look at the contract that the Bruins signed Taylor Hall to, compared to the Stage Thompson deal, yeah, they are super similar. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah. No. I like, and that's the thing. Like Taylor Hall has the track record to deserve it. It. We're just going to, I mean, we're going to see it. But there's also things, as you saw me gesturing like this when you are talking, I thought you were going a different direction. The cap's going up. Yeah. So these deals, I mean, these $7 million deals are going to look like five and a half in a couple of years. So by the back end of this deal, it's like we, for a long time, we said like the back end of these deals are going to look terrible. If the NHL keeps growing, the back end of these deals are going to look fine. And the NHL is growing a lot. Yeah. Hockey's growing. Um, TNT and ESPN are going to grow the game. There was a time where I, I bet you most people don't even really like realize this that are new age hockey fans, right? But the NBA wasn't always the big conglomerate that it is. The, the NBA was struggling in the early 90s, even with Michael Jordan and all those guys, just to really drive things. And the TV deals that they got and the marketing that they put behind their brand blew it up into what it is today, which is an amazingly successful sports league. I think the NHL is looking at that model and they're going to start to follow it. As you see these young guys, they're building their personalities. The Austin Matthews, the Trevor Zegerses, these guys are going to build into personalities. They're also going to market the shit out of them. And they're going to allow like a guy like Paul Bissonette to cover games on a national scale and talk about his hoop and taking shots of pink whitney and smoking a joint this is the stuff i mean as much as like the pc culture doesn't want to see it it's what grows the game and there's nothing i mean i don't and i don't think hockey needs to be this cultured thing that it is in a way like the the negative side of hockey culture right i don't think that's it doesn't need to be that way but there is a essence of there is some rawness to hockey and i think the more we see that the more it's going to grow yeah i do think the game's in a good place for that and I agree with you there. Um, just from the, the numbers perspective, uh, Bill Daly did an interview um, with 32 Thoughts, the podcast, uh, a week or two ago. Um, and he made some comments that the cap could potentially go up, you know, three to four million dollars this year and next year. And then there's been rumor that they are projecting about a $10 million jump in 2025 like big jump big jump so three years down the road you know the nhl salary cap could nearly be a hundred million dollars 
in three and, years. And even like if you, it's funny because like the game even knows that. Like if you play on NHL, like it jumps the cap. The cap gets into the hundreds quick. Like yeah. the cap jumps because it's just the projections of it. And so you get the cap up $14 million from where we're at right now in the next five years. That's two more star players on your team. It, it is going to work out, I think. I hope, like, you know, unless we get hit with the monkey pox and then the cap has to go flat. So right now, like what I think is going to be wild, because I'm going to completely ignore that comment, <laughs> is if, if you look at a team like Montreal, right, or Ottawa, who are bringing in this really young talent and they're locking them up for a good long time, they are going to be killer teams when the cap goes up in the NHL because they will have the benefit of, you know, the Nathan McKinnon style contracts or the, the Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, you know, long-term low money deal that just look better and better and better. You know, that's going to be a big thing for some of these teams. And then of course, teams that are in the top of the barrel, like the, the Bruins, the golden Knights, um, et cetera, they're really just getting a bailout and cap relief by the cap going up every year. They're not really going to super benefit like some of these rebuilding teams, but the cap going up only benefits everybody, you know, us as fans, media that cover the game. Like this is good for us. The entertainment value is going to go up. The, the revenue of the league will go up. This will just make everything that much better into the NHL being able to compete with, you know, the MLB, NBA, and the NFL on those TV screens. Agreed. Next topic. Let's get let's get moving here. We, we got too deep into the cap. Just kidding. We're both kind of capologists. Big updates coming to cue the duck duck. Um, cue the duck boats. Inside the, the duck rink. Boats. Inside the rink, too, around the cap. We definitely want to get a little deeper into the cap, and I think Connor's going to really be headlining that coverage of the cap. Um we do have a little rumor mill Kevy for us. A little rumor mill Kev. Kev, hit us with the rumor that you heard coming around a certain Rangers player. Yes, a very disgruntled, uh, disgruntled young defenseman. Young uh, Buck. Niles. What? Young Buck. Young Buck. Niles Lundquist. He wants out. He wants to go to a team. He wants to be a top four guy. He wants to be the QB of power play one. And he's just not going to get that in New York. He's a right-hand defenseman. There's three guys in front of him right now. So and many more out. on the way. Exactly. So he he sees the writing on the wall. He's like, I'm not coming to camp. I wanted I went out before camp. And the big name that's after him is Montreal, continuing to get these younger guys and rebuild. Out there, up in uh, Canada, interesting. And what Montreal will give up for him? But I mean, for Montreal, it does make a lot of sense, right? Yeah, like, another young, skilled defenseman. And of course, right. and Jeff Gordon drafted that guy. And everything. Yeah. What happened was a mass Massachusetts people went up to freaking Montreal and they rebuilt the whole damn organization, and it is working. Now, to kind of piggyback on the, the Lundquist um, trade there, with hearing Montreal, I've also heard that they're interested in Vitaly Kravstov, who's on the Rangers, who requested a trade last year. Um, 
obviously the the Rangers are looking for help up front in the scoring capacity. You know, I, I wouldn't put it past them if you see a package of like Nils Lundqvist and Vitaly Kravtsov going to Montreal for you know a second round pick yeah. and Mike Hoffman. Yeah, you know, that maybe or get that done. I mean, hot that that helps the Rangers right now. You have two players who want out, who you're just signing one year, one year, one year, walking them to UFA. Yeah, they're not getting a first, that's for sure. No, not at all. So, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, for everybody else in the Atlantic, seeing the amount of really good, young, talented players that Montreal is compiling right now, you got to be concerned. I mean... Big, big concerned. There's still rumors out there that Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to play in Montreal. Listen, I, I think it would be ignorant for anyone to think that Montreal was going to stay bad for much longer. Yeah. They're the Montreal Canadiens. It's that simple. They're the most historical franchise in the NHL. They weren't going to stay bad. And hockey is better when the Montreal Canadiens are good. The Atlantic is best if it's sitting there and Toronto, Boston, and Montreal are all wagons. That's good. Like, that's rivalry great hockey. Throw in Detroit. I mean, if you want the four best teams market-wise to be there and be winning And the New York games, Rangers. <laughs> the Rangers aren't. I don't The Rangers aren't in the Atlantic. They're in the Metro. No, but in the in the top yeah. hockey market. Yeah, no, you the, want the those NHL. teams to be good. It's like I don't – even as a Bruins fan, which I am, I, I, want the, I want the Canadians to be competitive. Like, I want Bruins-Canadians games to be a friggin' war. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's so – I don't really I'm, – I'm happy for the Canadians to get better. I really am. And it's like side tangent on Montreal. For everybody who's a fan of a team that is on the cusp of needing to rebuild, like I'm sitting here as somebody who, you know, is a Boston Bruins fan watching this, and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, slam the desk. Here we go. Like this team can manage to do all of this, and here we have – us and Don Sweeney and we can't figure it out. It's like, man, like you have to be so happy right now to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. Yes. Last year was painful. This year might be as well, but dear Lord, you are putting pieces in the cupboard to have a successful organization. hundred percent. Definitely are. That kind of wraps it up for the East. We, um, now we're going to get into the wild, wild West segment of our podcast. We will have a nice little video clip to play soon. It's just not done yet. Shout out to our great graphic designer, Kevin. He crushes it. The other Kevin. The other Kevin, yeah. He absolutely crushes it. I'm not that uh, talented, guys. No, Kevin's talented in many ways, but graphic design, probably not. More with a quill. More with a quill. He is very talented with his typewriter. So most of the news really in the West is revolving around the Dallas Stars. We got two different pieces of news. We have Jake Ottinger signed a three-year, $4 million AAV deal. I, I personally, I'll jump in right on this one. As a guy who's kind of followed Ottinger a bit throughout his career, I think he's earned this deal, and I think he'll actually play above it. So I, I think it's a good deal. I like it. This is this is the type of contract that I wanted to see for a Tage Thompson. <laughs> and <laughs> for Ottinger, yeah, he's, he's really only been around in a, a solid piece for a year. But – for goalies, when you come out and you can perform like that, I mean, you, you got to sign them to that ticket. If you have a bad goalie, that's 99% of your team. 
if you have a great goalie, you have a shot. Yeah, you have to. You have to have good goaltending. Right, do you like remember when the Flyers were great and they had Brzezgalov? No, like, no. Do you remember when the Flyers were really good and they just had no goaltending and they just get lit up every time? It just doesn't work. Sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's uh, okay. Do you have what a thought? What were you going to say? Yeah, do you have a thought? Oh, no, no. I was talking about Ottinger, just like his series last year against Calgary, forcing yeah. almost to, get to game seven. Like, yeah, earned him every dollar of that $12 million. Exactly. He, get. He, learned a lot. he earned a lot of respect, earned the contract. He had 30 wins last season, too, so... Let's jump into another thing here with Dallas. Thing a little bit less positive. Dallas's, oh Dallas's owner has came out for the second time and bodied his two star players. Womp, womp, womp. Do you have the comments up, Connor? Uh, I don't have the comments Just up in front of me. Give us the Spark Notes. Uh, the Spark Notes version of it is uh, he was on the Cam and Strict podcast and they were talking about you know money, the cap. Uh, having players like Robertson and Ottinger to sign. And then of course your Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben. And the gist of his comments were the younger players like Robertson, Ottinger coming in and they're performing and they want the bigger ticket deals like a Tage Thompson. Now they don't want to perform for a few years, show their worth and then turn around and, you know, quote unquote, get that bag. Um, so he kind of threw a little shade at some of his players. I have there. the comments if you want me to read them. Yeah, go ahead. This is way easier. Yeah. So he said, I think those guys signed those contracts and they've got to find a way to deliver that kind of value. If they don't, it hampers the team. That's the reality of it. They know that. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, they know it. They know it. You just don't and need that to was, say it. It's like that was also pointed at Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben, who are their star players making big money who haven't performed really up to not since 2019 and like you said off the jump of this topic this is not the first time that the owner has made comments and you really you kind of have to be curious of of what's next like your owner doesn't come out and just make these comments over and over again and nothing change no like that's for sure no if if I think that if Sagan doesn't come out hot, hot to start the year, there's an actual legit chance we see Sagan move before or at the trade deadline. I really do believe that. Um, and I'm not so sure that it even is a bad thing for Sagan. I think Sagan will welcome it. I, I wonder. I really do. But I don't – I mean, I think you're going to see Sagan go to a big team. He's going to go to like a team like L.A. where he can go and make an impact. He's going to go to – I don't think – he wouldn't go to like Toronto – I think there's a chance he could be back in the East. I really do. I think Sagan likes playing in the East. But I don't know. I mean, we'll have to wait and see on that. It will be definitely diving deep into that if we do think it's going to happen when the time comes. But these comments are great. I hate that. I hate when um, owners and GMs call out players in, in the public eye. It's like sit them down and talk to them. I don't mind when the coach does it because it's the coach's job to motivate guys. But when the owner's doing it and the GM's doing it, it's like, guys, come on. Yeah, like, but you see, uh, on the other know, end of that, I, I completely disagree. Like, I They're think it's boss. good for the game. I know. Oh, like, oh, 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 I don't disagree. I hate to see it, but it new no news is bad news. Maybe yeah, true. But I mean, I don't know. So you you want to have more personality from the players? Yeah, I get that. 
and everybody expects these owners to, you know, pony up the hundreds of millions of dollars a year to make the franchise run and just sit back and be quiet. Like does Jeremy Jacobs sit here and call out players, you know, in the media? Absolutely not. No, but you better be damn sure that he has speed dial to Cam Neely and Don Sweeney for when he wants something done. Oh, for sure. Now, I think, you know, the Stars owner, um, Tom Dundon in Carolina, you know, uh, Jeff Molson in Montreal, they're not afraid to come out in the media and make the comments when no. they need to. And I think that for the culture of hockey overall, it's probably a net positive. Like I get it that players are going to be, you know, a little salty, a little butthurt that they're getting called out in the media. And now they've got this microscope on them. But I mean, Hey, you're getting paid the big, the big bucks. Yeah, like that's what you've got to deal with. I, know. I guess like if, if we were getting paid a ton of money in our jobs and we weren't performing, we'd be fired or written up or talked to. Yeah. So it's just reality. You're but right. These contracts are guaranteed, baby. I know. I know. Let's talk Minnesota Wild, Kev. I know you're a big Wild guy. What did they do this week? Oh, yeah. They just unloaded some cap space. You know, they're in cap hell up there in Minnesota. <laughs> you ain't ever lied. In, uh, I, I don't know how to say that name. Kulikov. Dmitry Kulikov. Kulikov. Yeah. So he got shipped off to Anaheim for future considerations. Oh, so, that guy, just, he strikes again. He moves around. Right? <laughs> little floozy. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's it for the West. We're going to get into our final segment Wait, no. of the podcast. Oh, no. Have one more thing. Oh, what do you have? Oh, I put it in there. Uh, there's, still five, there's still five teams still in on Jacob Tickren as oh, the I season comes in. Sorry. No, no. So we should play some sort of sound for when Kevy comes out with the rumor mill. Kevy rumor mill, and we're gonna hit this one right here. Kevy rumor mill. Where's your yeah, rumor, Kevy? So, so yeah, there's still five teams still in on Chikrin. You have Anaheim, you have the Islanders, as they made no big deal, and they're still trying to make that big splash. You have the Kings. The Kings are a team to watch with that. They just want to keep have the that best down. prospect pool. Right. They have the means. So, you know, the Leafs. Leafs are tied to every big name star. They're just, especially on defense, the Leafs. Kyle Dubas calls not, and he calls how many wines yeah. a bit in the phone, and then someone gets to find he out because he leaks it. it to the media himself. And then Kyle Dubas leaks. But before you say this, Kyle Dubas, I've always thought this leaks all the shit to the media just so people can think he's working. No. So. Once Kevin finishes this, remind me. I'm going to kind of go off on that a little bit because I've heard some things that are interesting. But go ahead. Yeah, Kevin. then, of course, Ottawa's the last team. They've been like that most, I think, talked about and the heavy favorite for a while. Uh, talks have slowed down, but there's still a team to keep an eye out. If anything, I think it's come down to the Kings or the Senators, but – I think they're both great fits. I think Arizona just still wants so much. And with Chicken having, what, three to four years left on his deal, yep, Arizona's yep. really not in a Super trade cheap. now. Yeah, Right, exactly. So they're like, we're in no rush until someone pays the ransom. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're spot on um, with maybe like the Ducks, Kings and the Senators. They kind of have the the most assets um, to purge there. Um, the thing that's going to kind of hold up the Senators, they want to get rid of uh, Nikita Zaitsev. So he would likely be going back in the package, which drives your price up, but to each their own. But one of the things that I was going to make a comment on when you said Kyle Dubas leaks it out there to you know see if uh, people notice he's working or whatever. I have heard from multiple different areas, one of them being my own source in the league, that 100% general managers leak shit oh, on yeah. purpose so they can see what the reaction of the fan base is going to be. Yes, yeah, They'll be like, huh, we're thinking about bringing Milan Lucic back. Hey, you know, our media friend who we're really close with and give access to, can you write this story and put it out there that we might be looking at Milan Lucic? We really want to see what this is going to be like for the fans. Wink. Yeah. That 100% happens in the NHL. Yeah, no, I agree. Which is really crazy to think about, right? I mean, what, like, I, the media manipulates the shit out of everything in this world. At least something's manipulating it back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I like it. I respect it. I well, respect it. Now that you mentioned Lucic, you saw Lucic's comments about Johnny Gerdau? No, I didn't read it. I, I know you sent it to us. What What was the gist of it? So he was on a podcast. I forget which one. They were just asking. So now that you guys are no longer teammates, I know you guys were like close in Calgary. What happens if you see him cry? Be just like came to Calgary. Give me those numbers. He's on the ice. I'll level him out. He's not my teammate anymore. So just, just in case, coach. I'm going to cover this just because I couldn't hear it. On yeah, I didn't own. hear one thing you just said. Uh, the quote was about, you know, what would you do if you see Johnny Gaudreau crossing the ice with his head down and all you see is the number, you know, 13. Basically, Milan Lucic, you know, Buckle up. Choo-choo. I'm coming in. He would love lay that. him out. Love that. Absolutely Sorry, Gabby. That. Your internet broke up a tiny bit, so help yeah. you out there. Jeez, man. Sorry. That island that Wi-Fi. Island Wi-Fi. 30 miles of the sea, man. It's hard to get a good signal. Let's jump into our favorite part of the podcast here. It's really not our favorite, but it's one of my favorites. We're going to be getting deeper in it as the season rolls on. It's when Connor goes quiet. It's when the Ducks get lucky. <laughs> Kevin, you had a couple of bets you want to talk to us about this week, right? It was yes, Norris sir. and some over-under points. You you can lead the way. Yeah, first of all, if you have a gambling problem, Nope, absolutely not. Oh, man, there's the internet. That was brutal. All right, so Kevin's going to tell you if, you if you have a gambling problem or any gambling issues, call for help, don't gamble. Um, we're not telling you to gamble. We're just giving you the picks that we like. Um, all right, so... Gonna try to look here. We have the Atlantic Division over under points odds. Um, the Maple Leafs are at 107.5 points. Panthers 105.5. Lightning 103.5. Bruins 95.5. The Pesky Sens 86.8. The Red Wings 84.5. The Sabres, whoever they are, 77.5. And the Canadiens 70.5. That was on purpose, by the way. Um, Kev, who, what team do you think the best would be to put some money on there? We're done. I mean, you're you're muted still. I, this is a tough showing. Yeah, um, it's tough. 
I'm liking. I mean, I feel like the lightning. You can never go wrong with the lightning. Especially yeah, they should have 103 points. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think a little. I think the Senators are high, but I'm liking the Red Wings. I think the Red Wings at 84. Yeah, that I could think, be a good. I think they bet. could do it. I think they could. I know. Do I mean, it. yeah, like 87 so, points doesn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like it's still just exactly. Them, like I think they could do that. Could win you some money. Oh, some for sure. I, yeah, I think the Red Wings are might be better than the Senators. Honestly, on like so, the way they play. Everybody knows that I'm not the gambler of the bunch. However. I would be smashing the under on the Bruins and the over on the Red Wings. Uh, no, I still think – I don't – yeah, whatever. That's this true. is exactly where the Bruins ended up last year, but you have to take into account that Detroit and Ottawa both got significantly better, and they're going to steal points away from you this season. So I 100% think that the Bruins will end up below 95 and a half. They could. They could steal some points. Kevin, Norris Trophy. What do you got? Well, I mean, I think it's already kind of said so. If Kale McCarr just is Kale McCarr, it's, it's in the bag. He's at plus 150, but the value's not there. Roman Yossi, at, Roman Yossi at plus 700. The guy that had more first uh, round votes than McCarr last year. And only there's, what, 26 overall votes away from winning it. So plus 700. Yeah, rip that. The dude has a 100-point season. Like He came close, I think, at 94, 96 points last year. I think if Yossi can cross the 100-point mark, I think it's in it's his. So, yeah. plus 700, not a bad bet to take. Another guy who I think, if we're going to go a long shot with great, 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 great value, is Maurice Sider at plus 2,500. I was just going to say that. Great value. Sider is one of the next – He's the next Victor Hedman in the NHL, in my opinion. And so it might not be this year, but if you want to throw a couple of units on him, I mean, plus 2,500 is great money. I'm I wouldn't he's put so it out talented. of question, though. No, I know. He, he's that improved good. significantly. He, he also, Maurice Sider and um, Tim Stutzla, train, changed their whole way of thinking this summer. They're both coming back, like, ripped up. They have, they got, I listened to an interview with Stutzla and they're like best friends. They have nutrition coach, sleep coach, fitness coaches that they're with every day working off and on the ice. Those guys, those guys want to be the best and they're going to drive to be. German hockey is growing at a fast rate. And those guys, they seem like good kids too. And I think that's super like, it's important. Mm -hmm. One guy who I think I would really lay off of is Charlie McAvoy at plus 900. As much yep. as I think Charlie McAvoy has a Norris trophy in his career, I do. I fully think before Charlie McAvoy's career ends, he wins a Norris. Plus 900 is not enough juice for a guy who's not going to play till January or end of December. It's just not. like the, the It's just going to be too hard for him to catch up. Yep. There's just no way Charlie McAvoy wins the Norris trophy. If any of the, it, it just it can't happen. You need the full season in the NHL now to win these league awards. The other players around you are too close. The parity is too much that it's just no way. Like Missing two months of points will make it so McAvoy can't win. So I, I would put nothing on McAvoy, a guy who I was hard on last year to put money on. And I think he's better. Still, I wouldn't put any money on him. Missing that just is going to throw it off. And if you want one more like long-range guy, you could throw a good amount on I mean, you could throw 50 bucks on to win 2K. John Carlson at plus 4,000. Another one who just – he's. I mean, it's probably not going to happen anymore. I think we've started to get over the peak of that. 
but he's a guy who, you know, could go on a run and score a lot of points still. If the Caps are not doing great, he could still be getting a lot of points. So we'll see. But it, Kale McCarr at plus 150, it's not good juice, but he's probably going to win, and it just makes you want to stay off most of these guys. I don't love the Norris photo. I feel like it's just kind of very streamlined in. It's the same thing every year, right? Yeah. Like we'll get into we'll get into more um, of these categories just each episode till the season starts, but we'll um we'll also try to be better with putting our picks out on Twitter. I think that kind of wraps it up. We're definitely um gonna be bringing our social media game up a notch. We've definitely we've had someone else join our team, Sophia. Let's do a little um, talking about us before we yeah, kind of wrap yeah. things up. Talk here. about us, do it, Connor. Lead the way. Um so Lots of exciting things coming your way. Um, for those of you who've been following along with us and listening to us, uh, we're almost completed on you know the video side of things. We're going to be bringing things to YouTube within the next month. Um, I mean, I, would, I was going to put this episode on YouTube. Oh, breaking news. This episode will be up on YouTube if you stuck around this long. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for I don't know how to – we're going to – yeah, I'm – we're going to put it on the inside the rink YouTube, right? Yes, okay. I can do that. We'll have our own little playlist. It'll be nice. Um, other than that, we did bring on a, another inside the rink member, um, Sophia. She is going to be kind of taking over some of the load of all of our social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. She's going to be kind of helping keep us relevant and keeping us connected with you all. So, of course, you know, we're going to be putting out some things over the next coming weeks to uh, kind of contribute to the podcast. Make sure you reply, comment, give us your two cents of what you want to hear about. Um, and then also a couple things on the inside the rink side. Um, go check out the Cue the Duck Boats merch. That's how you support us in our show. And then, of course, if you want to help contribute overall to Kevin and his typewriter and upgrading to a new MacBook, Inside the Rink Plus, it's $2.99 a month gets rid of all your advertisements on the website and you'll get nice exclusive content like maybe a, uh, a little speedo calendar later on this year with a uh, big Kev dog on uh, <laughs> maybe no, just kidding. Oh. I mean, maybe we'll see, but uh, yeah, definitely check out the inside the rink website. You can find all the cue, the duck boat stuff there and support us whom you love especially if you're listening to us at 50 to 60 minutes into this episode already. That's deep. That's real deep. Yeah, no, a lot of good things coming. Um, definitely going to be more active on social media as a team, especially as the season rolls on and the video components coming. I, I mean, it's here. So I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, happy Labor Day to everyone out there who's not working. Happy Labor Day to you, Kevin, who's going to go work till God knows how late tonight. Sorry about all that. I'll be eating brisket. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. We're wrapping wrap it up. Wrap up that brisket, up. Jake. Time oh, yeah, to I'm wrap gonna go, it up. I'm going to go wrap my brisket right now.